The Ladies by Mark Twain This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Reading by Ryan Williams Delivered at the Anniversary Festival, 1872, of the Scottish Corporation of London, Mr. Clemens replied to the toast, the ladies. I am proud, indeed, of the distinction of being chosen to respond to this especial toast to the ladies, or to women, if you please, for that is the preferable term, perhaps. It is certainly the older, and therefore the more entitled to reverence. I have noticed that the Bible, with that plain, blunt honesty which is such a conspicuous characteristic of the Scriptures, is always particular to never refer to even the illustrious mother of all mankind as a lady, but speaks of her as a woman. It is odd, but you will find it so. I am peculiarly proud of this honor, because I think that the toast to women is one which, by right and by every rule of gallantry, should take precedence of all others, of the army, of the navy, of even royalty itself. Perhaps, though the latter is not necessary in this day and in this land, for the reason that, tacitly, you do drink a broad general health to all good women when you drink the health of the Queen of England and the Princess of Wales. I have in mind a poem just now which is familiar to you all, familiar to everybody, and what an inspiration that was, and how instantly the present toast recalls the verses to all our minds, when the most noble, the most gracious, the purest and sweetest of all poets says, Woman, O oh woman, ere wom, however, you remember the lines, and you remember how feelingly, how daintily, how almost imperceptibly the verses raise up before you, feature by feature, the ideal of a true and perfect woman, and how, as you contemplate the finished marvel, your homage grows into worship of the intellect that could create so fair a thing out of mere breath, mere words. And you call to mind now, as I speak, how the poet, with stern fidelity to the history of all humanity, delivers this beautiful child of his heart and his brain over to the trials and sorrows that must come to all, sooner or later, that abide in the earth, and how the pathetic story culminates in that apostrophe, so wild, so regretful, so full of mournful retrospection, the lines run thus, Alas, alas, uh, alas, 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 and so on. I do not remember the rest, but, taken together, it seems to me that poem is the noblest tribute to woman that human genius has ever brought forth, and I feel that if I were to talk hours I could not do my great theme completer or more graceful justice than I have now done in simply quoting that poet's matchless words. The phases of the womanly nature are infinite in their variety. Take any type of woman and you shall find in it something to respect, something to admire, something to love, and you shall find the whole joining you heart and hand. Who is more patriotic than Joan of Arc, 
who was braver? Who has given us a grander instance of self-sacrificing devotion? Ah, you remember, you remember well, what a throb of pain, what a great tidal wave of grief swept over us all when Joan of Arc fell at Waterloo. Who does not sorrow for the loss of Sappho, the sweet singer of Israel? Who among us does not miss the gentle ministrations, the softening influences, the humble piety of Lucretia Borgia? Who can join in the heartless libel that says, Woman is extravagant in dress, when he can look back and call to mind our simple and lowly Mother Eve, arrayed in her modification of the Highland costume? Sir, women have been soldiers, women have been painters, women have been poets. As long as language lives, the name of Cleopatra will live, and not because she conquered George III, but because she wrote these divine lines, Let dogs delight to bark and bite, for God hath made them so. The story of the world is adorned with the names of illustrious ones of our own sex, some of them sons of St. Andrew, too. Scott, Bruce, Burns, the warrior Wallace, Ben Nevis, the gifted Ben Lamond, and the great new Scotchman, Ben Disraeli. Out of the great plains of history tower whole mountain ranges of sublime women. The Queen of Sheba, Josephine, Semiramis, Sayuri Gamp. The list is endless but I will not call the mighty roll. The names rise up in your own memories at the mere suggestion, luminous with the glory of deeds that cannot die, hallowed by the loving worship of the good and the true of all epochs and all climes. Suffice it for our pride and our honor that we in our day have added to it such names as those of Grace Darling and Florence Nightingale. Woman is all that she should be, Gentle, patient, long-suffering, trustful, unselfish, full of generous impulses. It is her blessed mission to comfort the sorrowing, plead for the erring, encourage the faint of purpose, succor the distressed, uplift the fallen, befriend the friendless. In a word, afford the healing of her sympathies and a home in her heart for all the bruised and persecuted children that knock at its hospitable door. And when I say, God bless her, there is none among us who has known the ennobling affection of a wife or the steadfast devotion of a mother, but in his heart will say, Amen. End of The Ladies by Mark Twain Reading by Ryan Williams